Hello there, I'm Beth Kempton and this is the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. I created this podcast as a place to explore some of life's big questions and the smaller details that lead us towards happier, more fulfilled lives. I love nothing more than a thought-provoking conversation with a fascinating person who's living in accordance with what matters most to them. And I'm delighted to share those conversations with you. As for me, I'm the founder of Do What You Love, which helps people find what lights them up and pursue that in work, business and life. You can find out more at dowhatyoulovefullife.com. I'm also author of two books. Freedom Seeker is a book about making the most of life and flying free, and that's out now. And then Wabi Sabi, Japanese wisdom for a perfectly imperfect life. That's available for pre-order from our friends at Amazon and all good independent bookshops. I wrote both of them for you. And so, are you ready? Let's dive in. Kelly Ray Roberts and Matey Rose McDonough are two of my favourite people. If you've read my book Freedom Seeker, you'll know that their class at an art retreat in California a decade or so ago was the catalyst for a huge change in direction for me, and really the beginning of my company and my blog and everything that's come from that. So I'll pretty much owe them forever. Today we are talking over tea about all the things. Hello, hello. How are we today? Hello, Beth. Hello. <laughs> Here we go with the British accent. I'm so thrilled to have you both on, two of my favourite people. I am so excited to talk to you today about all good things. All good things in life and business and friendship. And there's, uh, I think our journeys have been tangled in many ways, many good ways over the past few years. So it's really great to have this moment to have a chat with you and to share some of the things you've learned along the way because I know you're people who've taken lots of bold and brave decisions in creating the lives that you've got now so thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much if you hear some snoring in the background please know that it's my um, English my English bulldog. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) I apologize. Oh, that's brilliant. So let's begin with talking about friendship, because I love watching you together. You have obviously known each other a really long time and are a really big part of each other's lives, even though you live in faraway cities and you're here together for the weekend. So maybe you could share a little bit about what you love about each other and your friendship that you have together. Oh, I love that. Well, what I love also is that we met you while we were teaching a class. Yes. Together. Yes. yes. Which yes. and and that meeting has been was such a catalyst for me. Like it really changed the the direction of my life in so many ways. And I will always remember you two together for having been part of that. So and it was lovely to see you teaching together. And I know that lots of the people who were in that class took so much from it. And I think part of the atmosphere that was created was because just this lovely bond that you have together. So tell yeah. us more. I love Kelly Ray's silliness. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the same time, she is so, she has been someone who has opened me up to so many um, deep spiritual teachings. Ooh, so I have. Yeah. So there's that balance okay. of friendship that I can bring both things to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, one of, I mean, you know how you have those friends that you like, you you just know that your conversations are um, 
held in like confidence and high regard and silly. Like we can be super silly and very frenetic in our <laughs> conversations and just <laughs> um, and also um, just that kindred connection of being able to talk about all the things mm-hmm. from the bachelor to uh, <laughs> God and spirit and all the, all of that. And plus I'm just a huge and always have been fan of Mady and her art and her creative journey and how she has such a childlike wonder and, but yet makes these paintings that are so universally um, sophisticated and um, just the way that she looks at the world with such vulnerability and mm, back at you um, and delight. Not easy. It's so in precious. This world. It's it's so precious, and it, it's lovely to see you talk to each other. And um, we're recording. This is audio, but I can see you too as I'm talking to you. And you both look kind of surpri- like like embarrassed and delighted at hearing each other. <laughs> so I think we often don't tell each other, do we, what we think about each other? You know. True. One time, many years ago, we had an opportunity. We were both speaking at an event called Squam. What year was that? It was 2008. Nine, eight, yeah. 2008. So ten years ago. Wow. Wow. Anyway, we were speaking at an event and there was a couple photographers there who asked if they could take our pictures and they did. And the pictures, like, they were like, Beth, it was like um, an engagement photo shoot. It was so funny. It was so funny to the extent that my ex-husband, my husband at the time was like jealous. (laughs) (laughs) But the pictures are so beautiful. Like. Um, but it's really sweet. So you know, yeah. you need you need like ten year anniversary pictures from. <laughs> oh God, we should totally. It has been ten years. We should post those. Mm-hmm. So how did you two meet? This totally sounds like <laughs> a relationship thing. I guess it kind of is with any good friendship. That online. That, that online dating site <laughs> called Blogspot. Called Blogspot, where we wrote about our art and our process. And we had a show that was organized um, in L.A. called The Girly Show by Christine Mason Miller. It was an art show. It was an art show. And yeah, yeah The Girly Show. <laughs> I was going to say, let's clarify. It was an art, ga- it was a gallery show of art, but it was called The Girly Show. And yes. we were both invited. Mm-hmm. And um, you I lived was, in San Francisco. And I was driving down and you were flying, I think. So you asked if I could bring your paintings down yeah and that's when I met you and you were so sweet and you gave me like a box of like candles and tea and thank you card I I did oh my goodness who is this girl (laughs) oh my gosh she's so nice she's so nice yeah yeah so I lived in Oakland at the time and Mady was in the mission in San Francisco and I drove over the bridge and I was like going to see a real artist quote-unquote and um meeting her and had been crushing on her in blog world for a while and then met her in person and it was like sort of just like instant, yeah. like, oh, we're friends now, and that's that. And then we've been friends ever since, and that was in 2006. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're old. That <laughs> <laughs> was 12 years ago, and we were not. We were 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And now we're in our 40s. 40 too. Yeah. But yeah. Th- that's really special because I know a lot of people find it 
challenging to to make new really good friends beyond the kind of situations that society puts you in you know work or uh, you know in an office or at university or those kinds of things and it's brilliant how you came together through the creative bond but I've shared so much more than just your art over over the years what and it's funny how when we you obviously Kelly Ray I know you were at a point then where you were transitioning from one work career to another and sometimes we have to leave people behind don't we to make that move what do you think it is that determines like who you stay friends with and who you just get really close to Right. And I also was a late bloomer with art and I had gone to art school at 29. So that was sort of, you know, my, I was in a similar place. Mm, Just finding my people. Finding your people sort of later. I so love that you asked that question, Beth, because I found when I was, and maybe you found this too, when you were transitioning from one Mm -hmm. life to the next or career or what have you, when you start sort of going after the thing that you really love and you start pursuing that, all the people pre that journey are people that you attracted to your life who, in my case, lovely, lovely people, from dear friends, but they were not um, they were not in the path that I was in of trying to pioneer a completely new life and experience. And so the friends that I, like you, when I made Mm -hmm. at the beginning of that journey were lifelines for me and motivated me and um, reminded me that I really do and did. It was completely necessary to surround yourself with other people who were also breaking the mold and and, um, going against the grain and creating completely different lives for themselves. On their own terms. On their own terms and... And I remember, like, when I met you, I worked um, full-time at yeah. a social work job at a hospital. And my friends in that job, it was, like, completely different. I was, like, strata in two different worlds and friends and community. And I would go to this day job, and all my friends and community were in the medical arena. And then I would come home from this day job and work on my art. And you and my art friends that I was making slowly along the way were the fuel to keep me going in that direction until I could finally yeah, like, I didn't, phase out. I didn't really realize that like until you were talking, I was like, wow, that was really brave. It was. And, and I, and I, and my friends in my other world, right. And even my family were like, what the <laughs> heck are you doing with this art thing? You're not going to make any money making art. Right. You don't make any money making, so doing social work, you know? So it was like, you and our orphans really, really at that time, mm-hmm. you didn't know it, right. but you were, you were my uh, beacons for keeping on that path, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was two different, it really was two different worlds. Absolutely. And you two formed a kind of circle of women, right? Around that time who you kind of all grown together. Absolutely. And yeah, that's another thing I appreciate so much about Kelly is she's such a community builder and, you know, Mm. like has created so many different gatherings over the years, which have led to these beautiful friendships. Yeah. Yeah. You know that you're right, Beth, like that, that was kind of ballsy. Like thinking (laughs) about I know I'm like, right. Like trying to wrap my, cause I, mine was such a gradual build. Yeah. I was working in other art arenas. But we, so Beth, what you're referring to is that after I met Mady, and very shortly after I met Mady, within a couple years, 
um, I, along with another friend of ours, had this keen sense and intuition, I guess, that we really needed to find other women to be in tribe with or to be in just to surround ourselves with other people who really understood what it felt and what it looked like to be breaking out of that cage, right? Um, and so we just, we very intentionally and thoughtfully thought of about 12 ladies and we sent them all emails. Many of them we had never met before, but we admired them from afar from their <laughs> blogs or websites or whatever. And we asked them if they would just please come gather all together on the Oregon coast for a weekend, um, with this intention of building support and all 12 of the ladies said yes. And before we knew it, we had this beautiful circle of writers and photographers and artists and um, people who were doing that thing, that pioneering new lives for themselves. And we saw each other and still do in some capacity. Group dynamics change, of course. It's been well, it's been over 10 years, it's yeah. been 10 years since we first gathered. But we still, there was something very magical about finding out the power of other people who are doing different work, but struggling with all the similar struggles and well, um, right. Cause being an artist in that way, whether or not you're a writer um, or whatnot is so isolating. Potentially right. you have to do so much right. for your own right. work. So to then to have that tribe. Oh my God. Just yeah. supporting each other along the way. Yeah. Um, my musician huge. friend is always marveling like, wow, you guys are just like, you have so much support. You know, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's the norm. Yeah. And what always amazes me is that there never seems to be any sense whatsoever of competition and that you're like genuinely happy for each other when, when good things happen. Yeah. I think there's a little competition sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Really? Definitely. Oh, tell not, me Not to be a bummer, but I definitely, I don't think in Love Bomb, like I don't think in the tribe that we intentionally created there's competition, but I think within the yeah. art world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking yeah. about your tight-knit group that you created, that there's something about oh. the way that you, the people you brought together or the way that you set it out from the beginning or something that, from what I've heard, you know, along the way, sounds like it's just a really, really support. It's all about support for each other uh, at whatever stage you're at, because you've all, you've all changed a lot in that time, haven't you? I think it was, yeah, the intentionality in yeah, making it not about like your achievements, but yeah. about, like cracking open. And yeah, you're right, Meaty. There wasn't, yeah. I never felt, com I still don't feel competition, even in the subgroups that have since, or the sub. I feel like I have a lot of little little support networks here and there, mm -hmm. um, but I feel more sense of motivation. Like, oh, um, this when I like Mady has just launched this amazing e-course, or um, I mean, I'll never forget the time of of going to visit a friend in Texas and she was producing an e-course and there were actual like equipment there and producers and microphones and TV equipment and stuff and being so it, it just demystified the process for me mm -hmm. of being like I can do this too you know right. I can do this too and so I marched myself home and I figured it out because I'd seen one of my friends doing it too. And of course it was completely different courses, but just surrounding yourself, like being in the environment of other people making 
it happen um, is so motivating. And there is that little, it's just a spark of, um, right. Well, of, and I think like get going. When, yes. And also when there's a generosity of sharing information that yes. comes back to you tenfold. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm, true. And, and to get that, you have to give it don't you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Beth, and I feel like you have, you and I have been that for each other in a lot of ways too, um, of like just supporting each other's journeys along the way and like cheering each other on and saying like, Hey, like, can I connect you with so-and-so that person might be helpful for this? Or have you thought about this? Or we've been doing that for each other for years. Um, and I just think it's crucial. It's, it's critical to getting yourself free freer, right? Absolutely. It's like once you're free, if you're free from the cage and you're out there doing your thing, but it can, it, 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 it's so much more rewarding when you have other birds around you, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Who wants to be on their own? It's so Who true. Wants to be but but, alone? <laughs> but it's so funny because I think I think we we I say lucky, but not you know we've kind of created it, but that we have these communities where where that is kind of the norm, but it's not the norm in the big wide world. The big wide world is competitive, and if you're on the outside of the creative world, it can look really competitive and and all of that and, and that's quite intimidating for people trying to get into it so I love how like I've loved watching how things have evolved and grown um and seeing that kind of spirit of celebration let's just talk a bit about the evolution of your businesses because it's it's really you know you're what 10 between 10 and 12 years in now which is a it's a really good amount of time for a small business right how, Maisie, how have you evolved in that time, do you think? Well, in the last few years, I've really moved towards and doing these um, art retreats in with a friend of mine, Faith Evansils, in Costa Rica and Morocco. And that is something I never thought I would be doing. You know, like Kelly and I taught a retreat back in 2008 in Italy, Italy which was amazing, but it was organized by someone. And... Um, you know, we just showed up yeah, and did the teaching, but this one, we're actually doing all aspects of, you know, renting the place and marketing and, you know, coordinating everything and teaching. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been one of those experiences where it just was a hell yes. And I, my friend pitched the idea of going to Costa Rica and I keep on following that. And then most recently when we were in Morocco in the fall, we bought a bunch of rugs, which was also a hell yes, but felt really like, what are we doing? Who are? And then Talk we, about freedom. And then, then we opened up a rug shop, which is called Zuzu Bazaar. Are you serious? Are you, what? Yes. I didn't know about that. What's so you selling so online? You have to go to the website. <gasps> yes. What is it? ZuzuRugs.com? Um, and that, again, was just this inner calling like this feels really arbitrary. I don't really have the bandwidth, but these rugs are so beautiful and let's try it. Let's throw spaghetti at the wall and see what happens. <laughs> in this case, like, you know, a room full of rugs in my new house. But <laughs> and, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. And people are are buying, buying them because they're precious and yeah. art they just they look like your art on rugs. That's like, what I feel like when yeah. I saw those rugs. I was like, these are the paintings I would like to paint. Yes, these are. This is like 
Mady Rose in rug form. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of those. Wow. So That's like how to make your house happy. <laughs> yeah, these huge rugs to UPS and shipping them off, which is just not how I thought I would spend my time a few months ago. <laughs> you know what I love about this story is that you are like, I'm going to go teach in Morocco and I'm going to go teach in Costa Rica and I'm going to figure this out. But then the people, your students, have to literally get on a plane, go to Costa Rica, go to Morocco, and they're having their own like freedom expansion experience yeah. that was fostered because you're having your own freedom expansion experience. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes. it's like, the, it's like this beautiful circle. That's of, so true. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, some people it's, they travel all the time. It's easy to say yes to something like that, but other people, it is a huge game changer. There's a woman coming to Costa Rica this April who's never been out of the country. She's like for yeah. her 50th birthday. Like, wow, wow, that's like part of our our experience now. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be part of her journey forever because she's never going to forget that moment. Something's going to happen to her. I can't not. It's like that. when you came to California to Medianize Retreat and how that just triggered a whole series of events for you in your life it is mm -hmm. when we it just speaks to that idea of when we are brave with our lives that we give other permission to be brave others permission to be brave with theirs and it's so true and maybe at the time we we were only thinking about the fact that we're trying to be brave without realizing <laughs> the impact it's going to have but when you look back you can see and you'll never know all of those you know the cage doors that you've opened for other people but Yes. Right. And I guess it speaks again about like the friendships that are formed in a retreat environment like that, too, are fostered that, you know, that freedom just keeps going. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because you're obviously, you know, much further down the line now. And there's so many people kind of coming in at the very beginning of what you were doing 10, 12 years ago, you know, trying to find their tribe, trying to find their new groups. And Kelly Ray, obviously, we have um, our community of of women entrepreneurs and I, I found that it's been such a fascinating experience being part of those conversations and it's almost like we're guiding but not you know we're not leading we're having this experience with everybody else what, what do you have you been your favorite conversations that you've been mm -hmm. part of in that group it's so funny you you said that because I was thinking this morning um exactly with our hello soul hello business sisterhood online as well as um, I recently launched a wellness tribe online. And for both of those groups, I feel very similar, which is like, I, I'm not the expert. You're not the expert. We are just a group of women who hold really similar. It's very similar to like what we did 10 years ago of gathering women together. It's just powerful things happen when you gather women thoughtfully and with intention and with similar um outlooks um and also with similar goals it's not so like for our group Beth, i love that the women in our hello so hello business community are not just um super high achiever goal oriented money oriented climb the ladder oriented because there's a group for that too right and that's 100 mm -hmm. okay our group is more of like how can we um bring forth our particular um, soul journey 
and honor those pieces and infuse our businesses with those with the the stuff of what really really matters while we're here on earth you know what i mean yeah and understanding Just, there's not one answer for that that you can like, no buy in an no. ebook <laughs> Right. But just the simple, the power of just being in community with those women and throw in some tools. Hey, here's some things that might help you with strategizing your money. And here's some things. So it's never, I just love it. I just love that it's story based and um, permission granted based to be like where you are and where you're at. And we are here to be that loving, um, supportive thoughtful community to to help propel you in any way that we can so and knowing that everybody has something to give which means that if you're the person on the outside thinking well what about me there's you might not even know what it is that you're going to bring to a group like that there I mean any group there's so many amazing groups of people online offline that it it can be a really big thing to put yourself forward right and become part of that but if you once you find your community it the whole journey feels different doesn't it it does. And you know what I really love about offline and online communities is that you, no matter where you are, there's always going to be people like way ahead of you in these groups and there's going to be people behind you. So you have an opportunity to not only be mentored, but to um, be a mentor just by sharing your experience and your story of where you are, wherever that is on the path. I love that. I just love that. Like, even in um, real life, in real life, as far as like not online communities, um, in my in my local the groups, it's it's just nice to have that like full experience of people ahead and in some ways that you can learn a lot from and people behind that are still learning lessons that you have learned. And so mm-hmm. I just. Yeah, it's yeah. like church or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where the choir like is in rotation week to week. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. I've learned so much from you on your, you know, you your recent. I mean, in many ways, but especially recently with this wellness journey you've been on on your own. Can you share a bit about that with us? Because it's it's so inspiring how you've kind of thrown yourself into it and just learned kind of what wellness means in so many different ways for you. Yeah, I think as as everything we've been talking about, like when you are when you decide to live your life, it's sort of um, in many ways a, um, a a radical statement against what we've all been told and what the rules are and what our cage bars are. And to get out of that cage requires so much fear facing and motivation and determination and support. And I just have found especially since my son True was born seven years ago, that we're not giving ourselves enough permission and um, self-compassion. So self-compassion, it started, I would say my wellness journey started with self-compassion. And then it moved on to, in the last couple of years, year and a half, it moved on to embodying my body. So like fitness, getting strong in my body, going to workouts, things like that. And then most recently, my wellness journey um, has been incorporating better food into my plan. So eating veggies, eating foods that like, um, which is really my uh, my hardest part of this wellness journey because I grew up on 
canned food and microwave dinners. And I grew up in the South in America, fried everything. And I literally did not have, I had my first, I will never forget it. I had my first salad when I was 23 (laughs) years old. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Yeah. I had my first strawberry when I was like 28. So I, and I have all my journal. I will never forget it because I was traveling across the country from across the United States on a big road trip. And I was with a girlfriend who was a big salad eater and we were like at a Denny's or, you know, some chain restaurant. Um, and uh, she encouraged me to try a salad. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> so I tried a Caesar salad. It was coated with all kinds of nasty Caesar dressing, you know. But I ate it and I was like, oh, my God, this is kind of good. Of course, it was like the most unhealthy salad you could ever have. But <laughs> And, um, yeah, so my 20s and my 30s have were, were – I struggled with food. And now I'm in my 40s. And I feel like I'm I'm really making um, I'm getting out of the cage of like processed food um, and just making huge just tiny steps that are leading to big big changes for me. What, so such a, like what are the the small ones with the big impact that you found? Uh, the small ones are just getting. First, I started with water, like just getting more water and then moving to like getting greens. And I'm still not a big green person. So green smoothies have changed my life. Green juices have changed my life. And most recently, learning, like having, you know what, this is that support thing of like asking a friend who makes the most delicious food and veggies ever. I'll eat whatever she makes. And it's usually stuff that I have never had before, like squash and I know I'm like 43 years old and it sounds unbelievable, but it's true. Like I had delicata squash for the first time like this month. So, and Brussels sprouts and things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So she came over and did like a cooking lesson. And so since then I've been trying to replicate the roasting of vegetables and creating sauces. And it's, it is so empowering to have another woman come and say and with no judgment zero judgment of like hey you can it's possible to eat really like food from the earth that is so good for you and have it taste really delicious and I'm gonna show you how just like you showed me how to paint 10 years ago or five years ago like we all have something to offer um, and it and it, it really is changing my relationship with food and wellness because what we eat is everything, and it's been my um, it's been so elusive to me. So it's such a big thing. I in the summer um, last year, my husband bought for my fortieth birthday um, a week at this amazing um, cooking place in the south of England called River Cottage. Um, and it's every, there's an outdoor kitchen and they do absolutely everything you know for mm. raising their own animals and the, you know the gardens and smoking their own um, you know pastrami whatever it is and every single thing on the menu is from <laughs> is that a funny way to say it yeah <laughs> laughing at my accent pastrami um, just everything is made from scratch and there's so yeah. much knowledge and passion and understanding and the most basic ingredients are just so delicious and it it really felt like a kind of awakening (laughs) to what's possible with food to me and that only you know only took a few days it's amazing those little things can make such a difference can't they 
Yeah, it's huge. And I just, it's been such a, it's been such a slow burn for me. And and I'm such a, not a slow burn person. I'm a very like make things happen and make them happen fast. <laughs> but this wellness thing has been such a beautiful, like spiritual journey of like, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. And, and that's true for any experience that's worth the freedom, right? It takes as long as it takes. Yep. Yeah. And how passion piece is everything, right? Like if you start from a place of love and you're, yeah, I realized that word compassion is compass and passion. Mm. So it's like your passion leads you and like towards where you're going to go. Oh, I love that. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Um, I love that too, but I feel like that's what I've witnessed with you in this eating journey. It's like Mm. you're loving your self and your mm. body and that's and you're spreading that love mm-hmm. out to people too in such a zero judgment way that's- and it's inspiring me like this weekend I'm like yes I'm gonna make green juice I'm gonna <laughs> your enthusiasm around it is contagious <laughs> <laughs> as with many things how do you take care of yourself yeah for me well right and I think the success that you've had is also like just doing one thing, like layering on, you know, yeah. some exercise the first year. Yeah. And keeping it slow and steady and not overwhelming yourself. Because if you were to all of a sudden done the food and the exercise, that would have been crazy. No, I know. And I think that so many of us have this thing and I've had it for years too. This is why I'm in my forties and just now it's sticking and sustainable mm-hmm. Because my entire life, I have started and stopped, started and stopped, started something. We've all had that experience of like, okay, New Year's resolutions. I'm going to join a gym. Or I'm going to, and I can't. I mean, just a countless amount of times of starting and stopping. And for me, what finally clicked was that self compassion piece. Yeah. Without it, you you won't. Not, it's not sustainable. Well, and we were talking about too, like loving ourselves, even like when you're heavy and feeling, you know, like not in your best form too. And like, for me, that's been a powerful journey of like getting, feeling bigger in my body and also being like, but I love you and accept you. And so starting from that place versus I want to change my body and lose 10 million pounds. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say it's interesting having daughters now. I was having this conversation with my husband just this morning, actually thinking about like how I talk about myself and what I compliment in other women and all these things. They're watching, aren't they? They're taking it on board. And it's it's so important how you talk about these things and and how you treat yourself, isn't it? It's really true because you're showing, they're watching you, right? And... Not only are they watching, but I think it's so important. One of my one of my parenting mantras mantras is to like be the adult that I want my kid to grow up and you know emulate. And so if I'm sitting here chowing down on Kit Kat bars every night, is that the adult that I want my child to be? The answer is so. It, the answer is clearly no. And so there's that self compassion piece of like treating myself in the way that I want them to be treating themselves. And it's just such a powerful um, motivator to know that you're, yeah, exactly. Your kids are watching. I love, I, my mom, I adore my mom, but when I, and I think we all have these stories of like growing up with our moms who were so hard on themselves Mm -hmm. and so hard on their bodies in really public ways around just these little comments here and there is like, um, 
that I, that we all witness as children and changing that narrative in our experience, in my experience, it's been really hard, but worth it. Yeah. I think that's been such a cool thing to witness lately is like the freedom seekers who are like body positive, Ah! you know, just like owning it. There's been a sea change. Mm -hmm. There really has been. It really has. Oh, it's been so good talking to you both. I'd love to finish up with you sharing the most important thing you've learned from the other one over the years. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) Okay. um, One of the things that I've most learned from Mady, I mean, there's so many, but one of them is to, like, keep showing up with an open heart. Despite divorce, mm-hmm. despite business struggles and celebrations, despite like all the things that you keep showing up with even a wider heart versus it would it would make sense to anybody to with what you have been through mm-hmm. to close off, but that you have chosen Thank to you. stay open with your wide open heart has been very is probably the thing that I've learned the most I feel that in my heart I <laughs> it's I feel a like, big sigh it's, it's yeah. uh, it, I mean what an amazing way to be in the world yeah it really is yeah I think there are so many things that I've learned from Kelly Ray um, <laughs> but I feel like you're like the gateway drug to so many different <laughs> You're the pioneer. I'm the marijuana. Yeah. Stuff, I guess. Right. Like, <laughs> she's going where no one else has gone before. Like, oh, you know, I'm an artist, and now I'm going to start this wellness tribe. And you really <laughs> listen to your intuition and your guides and course correct in this way, mm. and you're very confident about it, and I really admire it, and it's helped me. Yeah. I, I will say that that is true. It's I, really I'm cool. A, I'm a I'm an expert course corrector. Yeah, and and maybe one things that one of the things that I've learned about myself from Mady is that I will be say something with <laughs> such conviction and like belief, and then like a couple of months later I'll be like, oh, never mind. I didn't actually, but not in a flaky way. Just like you know, you give yourself permission to be I like. Changed- yeah. Change yeah. my mind, actually. <laughs> it's the, but the how is so true because I I have seen that a few times and never ever would I put you and the word flaky in the same sentence. It's exactly. it is literally that you are listening to you like you are the absolute mentor in terms of using your intuition and it's it's brilliant to watch. And so what a combination! Oh my goodness! And what a treat Thanks. to have you both on together today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you, Beth. So that's all for today. You've been listening to me, Beth Kempton, in conversation with Kelly Ray Roberts and Matey Rose McDonough. You can find out more about Kelly Ray at kellyrayroberts.com and more about Matey at mateyrose.com. Our sisterhood for soul-driven entrepreneurs is at hellosoulhellobusiness.com and I am over at bethkempton.com. I'll be back soon with more inspiring stories. Be sure to subscribe to the Freedom Seeker Chronicles podcast so you don't miss a single one.